You can send all the web traffic in the world to your website, but if you don't get the words right, then no one will listen. Download my free guide on how to write web copy that converts at privatepracticeworkshop.com forward slash guide. That's privatepracticeworkshop.com forward slash guide. All right, let's dive in. KellyHigdon.com, my favorite person. (laughs) It's the John Clark. Darn tootin'. (laughs) So do you remember when I offended you on Facebook and then we met in person and became best friends? Mm Mm-hmm. Just like to remember our roots, you know, I like to... (laughs) People say, don't forget where you came from, and so I apply that to my, my friendship with Kelly Higdon. You continue to offend me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I do because I have feelings about California and I obviously haven't worked through them. I get hashtag triggered and I try to, I try to use my relationship with you to, to resolve them. Oh, okay. That's why I like, you know, whenever we're talking, I'm like, I need you to sell me on California. Tell me. <laughs> Though I was raised in Texas. I'm a... I know. Yeah. But you, you seem, you acclimated to California well. Like you, I wouldn't be surprised if you were from California because you, I don't know, you make it look easy. Oh, well, thanks. But but maybe that's wrong. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) It's been fine. I think it's, uh, I don't know. We've talked about this before. It's what you make of it and the effort you put in. And I believe your people are out there. Yeah. Yeah, you, well, one of the many reasons why we're friends is because you under, I think you understand community and you have that value. Mm-hmm. And also, uh, you know, I struggle without community or like the second I get somewhere new, I'm like instantly have to look for it, try to create it. And it usually happens in the form of activities, whether it's like music or martial arts or volunteering or something. But mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you are one of those people that really understands the need for community and how to build it. And I, you know, you you and I were texting the other day that um, that you have to work for it. Mm, it does take time and effort. I think it's why I love what I do in my work. And over the past few years, kind of playing around with different ways of working and discovering. Oh, I really like to be in person. And I know there's this big glorification of the nomadic lifestyle and it works to a degree to be online. It really does. But, and even doing therapy online, um, it works. And I love being in a room with people. Can you say more about how you, how you make sense of that in your life right now? And also how you, um, incorporate, you know, all of your experiences um, and all of your in-person experiences, all of your online experiences, how do you how do you make sense of it all right now in your life? Make sense of what I'm discovering that I love? Yeah, and this, this balance between people who want, um, you know, location independence or people who are attracted to doing online work, but also as therapists, we crave connection and we like, you know, we like the in-person stuff, right? So, um 
Yeah. So you're saying it's important for you to have both, right? It is. And I think that I haven't totally figured out what the balance of that is. Mm -hmm. The preparation for in-person, like when we do our um, like in-person retreats is intense. I have a certain level of expectation of it's a way I show love to my clients. It is a love language for me to host people and to care for them. Um, the time with them is energizing. And then afterwards I, I need a little like breather to catch up. Yeah. But then I find that our uh, work virtually is even more depth oriented after mm -hmm. having some in-person experiences together, whether that's kayaking in a lagoon or sitting in a hot seat, a mastermind kind of session or doing vision boards together or whatever. Um, I think there's just something about knowing people in a physical space. And actually this morning I'm sitting here doing my what's next list. <laughs> You'd be very proud of me because John Clark knows, <laughs> I always refer to him as John Clark, yes, um, knows how I, I have, I'm trying to figure out what that's going to look like now. Mm -hmm. Um, with my husband being laid off, we have a lot more freedom, but we also have a child who we want to have a good community. And <laughs> so it's just, it's not just me. It's yeah. not just about me and the life I want. It's also about my family and my friendships and things like that. So anyway, I was doing my, my list right here about like the different ways to serve. What am I finding energetically that is helpful and, and life giving. And what do I find that's draining me that I'm like, I wish I hadn't done this, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, so I can change it the next round. Can you break those down a little bit? Or like when you're walking yourself through this exercise, what are, what are the prompts that you use? Yeah, exactly that. What is pissing me off and irritating me right now? I really do. And, um, and like, where do I feel most depleted? Where does it feel like I'm like, like, it's actually like a checking in of the physical sensation. I'm an anxious person. So usually it manifests and breathing and stomach and all that stuff. So just paying attention to that. Uh, what things do I want to do, but get put off is another thing I look at too. Um, and what's getting in the way of that. So it's a lot of introspection kind of stuff. And then, um, and then what is really exciting to me? What do I find myself? For example, I'm sitting here like this morning doing some personal financial stuff. And then I keep finding myself going to Marco Polo, which I use for my clients to see how they're doing. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I really prefer. <laughs> yeah. I like connecting with my people. Yeah. I don't like doing this financial bit, <laughs> which is not new news to me. Well, and you, and you and Miranda do a ton of work to help therapists with that part too. And like coming to grips with the financial pieces of their business and, yeah. um, but, but I like that you're realistic about it, right? It's, it's not that it has to become your favorite part of your business. No. But, well, and, and with that being said, how do you um, kind of make sense of, on one hand, there's a lot of, um, there's a lot of movement toward like, you know, creating a perfect job or an ideal job and an ideal life with your ideal clients. And yet, maybe we go too far with that because there's a lot of things in any business that you're not going to like doing, right? So what do you... Right. Yeah. What do you make of that? 
have we talked about this? Like the whole thing about like, what can you eliminate, prioritize, delegate and automate? No, let's, let's talk about that. <laughs> so there is stuff, you know, that you have to do that you don't want to do, um, in life that's adulting. And, Bummer. you know, I don't, I don't love, let's think of some things I don't like to do. <laughs> I don't like sitting and looking at the budget. <laughs> I don't like, um, I don't really enjoy cooking dinner. Um, and I don't really enjoy like some things that come with parenting, like yeah. dealing with the school or things like that. But there are things that only I can do. Right. That's right. a clear, clear line. Right. And, and I think a lot of business building is figuring out where that line is. Well, that's the question of, am I the only one that can do this or is there someone that can help me? Yeah. So for example, I have someone that picks up Claire and brings her home. Um, I have a housekeeper that comes to help me. Um, I still clean in between because hello cats, <laughs> big fluffy cats. Yeah. And I know that lifestyle. <laughs> I am in the cat hair battle uh -huh. over here. So, um, so, but I, I delegate what I can. And then the stuff that only I can do, I prioritize. So I come up with systems, so I get them done. And then other tasks, I'm like, do I really even need to do this? Is this really all that important? And then I automate what I can, you know, my bills are automated. Mm -hmm. My social media is pretty automated. My, you know, all those things, mm -hmm. whatever software I can use, I try to pick where I get the most bang for my buck. So just looking at the tasks and the stuff in your business and seeing like what only I can do. This is life and business. Mm -hmm. Who else can help me? Is there something that can automate this or does it just need to go away? Your ability to ask yourself those questions over and over and over again has a lot to do with your ability to kind of move the needle forward, you know, in business and life. Right. And, and I think this is where a lot of therapists maybe get stuck. Um, perhaps trying to do too much themselves or having a hard time asking what is it that I can let go or that I'm struggling to let go of. Um, but why do you think that is? Uh, I think it's because a couple reasons. Number one, we have superhero syndrome, which is that no one can do every, everything as well as I can do it. Um, I think that's one, one barrier. She fits. <laughs> I think we have anxiety about giving up control whatever that means. Um, so when you're, when you're automating something or delegating something or hiring it out, um, and I think therapists have tremendous blocks around spending money. I think a problem is that therapists don't have budgets that they're operating from. And so anytime you spend a dollar from your business, therapists tend to feel like it's coming directly out of their pocket. I think therapists have a lot. I, okay. I don't want to say therapists. I think people, because yeah. every kind of business owner Let's I've worked with people, <laughs> people, um, have a lot of shame and they mm -hmm. don't want to be vulnerable. Right. It's hard to trust people to help them. It's hard to know what will work and won't, you know, that I want to know this is going to work. Well, so do I, I would love a freaking crystal ball right now. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? It doesn't work that way. Um, so I think that there's this, like, you open, you get help with your finances. Mm -hmm. I'll just speak to that. Like my financial person ha 
sees what's in my accounts and sees where the money went. And there's like a sense of vulnerability and we're afraid of being judged. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. And so, and then I think also that's why we end up sometimes spending money to avoid that. Like we will spend money on the wrong things for ourselves because we're trying to avoid feeling vulnerable and we'll just, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I see a lot of shame and stuff come up for people. Well, and we could spend a whole hour on this, but I think having someone who has a hand in your finances is a big step for a lot of business owners and a lot of private practitioners, solo, solo practitioners, etc. Um, there is a vulnerability in it. And there's also potentially a relief if there's someone that you really trust and can work with um, and can voice your anxieties with. I can say, mm-hmm. um, and I've, I've told you a couple of times that my, um, my, um, she's really like my bookkeeper, but really like my money coach um, mm-hmm. who does all the money in, in my businesses, all the payroll, et cetera. Um, and we talk a lot about my personal finances because they have to be part of the conversation, but she has become like, like my therapist, like my mentor, like my this and that, because I realized a lot of my stuff comes back to money. Uh, and a lot of my anxiety comes down to money and it, it bleeds over into whatever you're doing, whether it's like pricing a product and how much can I charge for this without feeling bad, you know, or, mm-hmm. um, or when it comes to your people or your team and having someone like her going, does this really work for you? Does this, you know, is, does this setup work for you or what this person is asking? Does this work for you? And me going, no, but I'm just, you know, trying to be a good guy. <laughs> um, that's been transformational for me um, in terms of her giving me permission to make decisions for myself and making decisions based, based on the numbers. Right. And there's, there's gotta be a balance. And I mm-hmm. think the fear for a lot of therapists might be that some finance people might not have that balance. Right. Or they might just be um, overly numbers driven um, right. and not understand that we are also highly relational people. Um, I don't know. I'm going on and on, but the, the short of it is that like, having someone involved in my finance has helped a lot. And I do think twice when I'm spending money um, on my business in terms of like, okay, next time I sit down with Lynn, we're going to have to talk about this, right? Or if I'm like, <laughs> and I've called you in these moments, if I'm looking at a training or a something, or a, for me, it's Tony <laughs> Robbins. That's like my kryptonite. Every time I see like a Facebook Still? ad, which is, you know, it's like a $10,000, $10,000 for like 30 minutes with Tony Robbins. I'm like, Kelly, I think I'm going to do this. I, I need you to talk me out of it. Let me save you $10,000. <laughs> but now I have that person where like, if I did that and Lynn would be like, okay, okay. So, you know, how's that working for you? The Dr. Phil question. Yeah. yeah. How's but that, see, how's what I think you? happens is that people would rather do the automation piece. They rely heavily on that because the software doesn't make them feel vulnerable. Correct. And, um, but automation just frees you up to do the vulnerable work and to focus on the stuff that makes you squirm in your chair. <laughs> Because I, you know, and I can't even remember what we talked about the last time we got together, but that whole concept of how your business is a mirror and it's, I think, your largest self-development course. So, And I I use that and I quote you. I usually quote you in the form of a hashtag whenever I use it, if I'm in like a coaching session. (laughs) Uh, Because I think it's huge and I think until we 
get that part, we're going to keep taking our business almost too personally in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, And so... You and I know nothing about that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) The slightest comment, right? So, and actually, you know, I can use an example this morning from a a coaching client who had this form on his website that just said, hey, if you have feedback about my website, you know, send it here. Mm Mm-hmm. And of course, someone uh, and, and someone made this feedback, and I, I don't think he would mind me sharing this. Um, but someone, you know, he's gotten only one piece of feedback. So I told him, first of all, this is a sample size of one. <laughs> but in the sample size of one, the person said, "Hey, dude, your fees are too high, and your jokes are bad. <laughs> your jokes on your website are bad," and that was devastating. Mm-hmm. It was like, whoa. Does everyone think that? Does everyone think my fees are too high? Maybe I should bring my fees down. Maybe I shouldn't, you know, say funny yeah. things that I things that I think are funny on my website. And so yeah. we had to talk talk through that, right? Because of course you're going to respond to that person. You're going to take it to heart. And in, yeah. in reality, it's just some passerby like <laughs> saw a form where they can be like, oh yeah, I can say something mean and unhelpful, so I'm going to say that. Yeah. And then it's also, wait, I didn't really want feedback. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> it should say, if you have something nice and a compliment to give me, please fill out this form. I know. <laughs> and I'm trying to learn this from you more and more, but you, because you told me like when you guys go through uh, rounds of boot camp, yeah. you you make that obvious. You're like, we don't work with mean people. Like Zenimi doesn't work with mean people. Or what? how do you say it? Yeah. yeah. If you're going to be mean and... Uh, you know, tear other people down. We don't really, there's not any room for that. I mean, we're too, we're too giggly and silly anyway. Most people <laughs> either love that or hate it, I guess. And I'm, I'm always, I'm perplexed by people who like say mean things about that in particular. Mm. <laughs> like you smile too much or something. And I, I don't know. I also, I just Oh think, yeah. Well, but yeah. I, I mean, we could open up that door and, uh, just even as a woman, the comments well, I get. That's what I was going to say. There's that part yeah. too. I don't, I don't think many people would reach out to me and go, um, sir, you smile too much. No. No. And they, they probably wouldn't comment like on like your site is too feminine. Mm-mm. I'm like, there's pink and blue. Is that, that's too feminine? Right. Like there's colors. I, I, since when are we going to gender color. Well, our whole society does, but (laughs) you know, yeah, I, I face, I'm sure we all face different kinds of criticisms based on gender and ethnicity and color and language and all those things and immigration status and all of it. Do you think your ability to let those things roll off your back has, has gotten better over the years? Yeah. But I have some like safeguards in place in my processes. Um, and I try, I try to get really clear about whose opinion matters to me. And I, I have started and I actually went back to, I started doing some brain spotting with this around. Um, Can you tell people what that is? Mm, yeah. Uh, it's, I'm probably going to say this wrong because I'm a client, not the therapist doing the brain spotting. It's comes, it, some people call it the second generation of EMDR, but using, you know, eye position, um, to heal parts of the brain where trauma is trapped, I guess to say, mm-hmm. I feel so silly talking about this because <laughs> I'm going to do it a disservice. 
Um, but well, it's hard to explain because you're I taking know. something as complex as the brain and developing, you know, a mm-hmm. pretty concrete intervention for it to help remove blocks and right. And coming from therapies that aren't as concrete, it's been kind of an interesting journey. But I think part of it was trying to figure out how to say thank you for the feedback and and cons- be able to detach, consider say like, is this a value? Is this something, because I do make mistakes. Like for example, um, we had a webinar and we looked back and we noticed that there was not diversity on the panel. And I was like, uh Oh, actually a lot of what I've done, there isn't diversity. Mm -hmm. Um, and some people gave some feedback about that and they were right. You know? So I think there's, I'm doing better at discerning, um, what to take in and how I take it in. And it's not so much as personal, I guess, but I saw my moments, especially whenever you do something new, we revert to our old ways. And we, we want to know that what we're doing is on target, that it's helpful to people, that it's, that it's translating well, and we're not always going to hit the mark. And I think, I think about this a lot, right? Because on one hand, when I did nothing but therapy in private practice for 20 hours a week, 20 clients a week, um, I didn't really fear negative feedback <laughs> because those people are sitting face to face to me. And I know there's a power dynamic within between therapist and client. Um, and sure, if, if for some reason the client wasn't happy with how things are going or I, I screwed up, which happened as a therapist, what <laughs> we God, could handle it right then and there, or I could read the reactions or you know what I'm saying? Like if someone really wanted to talk shit to me, um, they have an hour a week to do it in person. Mm-hmm. Right. And it happened a couple of times where someone was like, Hey, I'm coming to this therapy and I'm paying you a lot of money, quote unquote, and I'm not getting better. Mm-hmm. Like, what's going on. And we mm-hmm. could talk about that. Right. But it always felt more, um, it felt like we could usually wrap it up or we could at least, um, I, I didn't, feel like I was quite as exposed, so to speak, to as, as compared to where I am now, where, yeah, potentially anyone could <laughs> slide some sort of comment or direct message on Instagram, or Facebook, or wherever, and could get your attention and go, well, this is ridiculous. You know, they can, they can offend you. They can be mean. They can give feedback when I've never, you know, I've never even worked with this person. Like, um, you've never hired me and now you're, you're giving me feedback. So it's like, I don't know, you know, working online in a way, it just kind of exposes you. And, and I do, and I do struggle with that. Mm-hmm. I hear you. Yeah. It gets better. <laughs> it does. I no, think. I, as, I appreciate that. that also that as your comment. community, you know, your communities, when, when people really know you, I think a lot of times I'm hoping at least the feedback has been so far that the clients that work with me, especially one-on-one, they know my heart, they know I'm not perfect. And they also feel a little bit protective too. I feel protected of them. You know, when you know someone at a different level, then um, sometimes your community will take care of those kinds of things for you. Um, And I think too, yeah, what really matters to you gets clearer and clearer on this journey. And I am not everyone's cup of tea and that does, I wish I was, but do I really wish I was? Mm, Probably not. Be kind of boring. (laughs) One of the, I mean, yeah, 
one of the most helpful things you've ever said to me when, you know, I've been in these periods of, uh, of, of not knowing or what do I want to be known for? And you you always kind of say the same thing. It's like, people will know you for your heart. And, mm-hmm. and I guess that's the other um, disappointing part when someone says something mean and they don't know you at all. And it's like, what if we just talked? What if we, you know, we spent an hour together or you met me in person? Would you say that to my face in person, like having never met me? So mm-hmm. I struggle because I think the internet provides that anonymity. It's bullying, I guess. I'm talking about bullying in a way. And it's the same thing that like, whether you're a teenager or <laughs> in my case, an adult running an online business, like it makes it, the internet provides the opportunity to connect with an incredible amount of people. And that's very positive. And it also you know, creates opportunities for people to be mean. I would also say that when you bring up the teenager thing, if you think about people and their development, though, you know, when you are feeling more adult in those spaces, there's parts of you that are, uh, we'll do little parts worth that are (laughs) more in an adult parental role. You're able to kind of see the, the teenager stuff and, and stand up for yourself in a different way, you know, and I think that that's why business owners also sometimes don't want to put themselves out there. You know, um, I have some clients who, you know, they fear of being judged for what they look like, what they sound like and all of that. And those are very real things that they already face in the face to oh, in the sure. face to face world in the uh, flesh and blood world, let alone in the digital. So that, I think it's that, a was, um, that was eye-opening to me at some point. I, you know, I was working with someone um, and looking at their website and just said, hey, I think it would be great if you had your photo on the website. Like, I feel like that's really missing. Um, and their response was kind of like, actually, no, that's very intentional. Uh, I'm not comfortable having my photo. Like, here are some reasons why. Um, you know, and in my, like, fast pace, always, like, thinking about <laughs> conversions and calls to action and, like, you know, optimization, it was yeah. like, you know what? I, I should listen to that, right? Because there's clearly a reason. And it just so happened that this person was already doing great. Like, they were already really successful. Right. But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the other thing of there's many ways to do this process. I was talking to my cousin this morning, and I was like, what would it be like to have a business that's completely offline, like an off-the-grid? <laughs> I'm trying to fathom it, <laughs> you know, like a farmer. But, I mean. Yeah, pretty much. It's pretty much um, your only option. Yeah. <laughs> If you want to be truly um, off the grid. Yeah. And I think um, there's many ways to do it. I think that's probably, too, what you're trying, what you're, you know, trying to convey as you do more of the messaging and branding stuff mm-hmm. is, yeah, there's lots of ways to brand. There's lots of ways to message. And it's just offering another perspective on that that's a little bit more integrative of who the person is. Yeah. Yeah, and sometimes it comes across and sometimes it doesn't. It's just like any form of communication. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sometimes it falls flat. <laughs> or be, I, I think a lot of what we're talking about today is transference, honestly. If we can step back from a lot of the conflict we have with people, whether it is your partner or your friend or someone you've never met who's like saying mean things about your blog post, I think it's usually transference. I usually, I think it's, there's usually something insecure in them that is being elicited by seeing you or what you're doing. Right. But the fact that you're bothered by it is also an insecurity in you. It's also transference. Yeah. Yeah. 
Hashtag triggered by it. Yeah. Hashtag triggered. I think there's something, but like I said, there are some times where we are wrong and we do need to listen and we do need to learn and we need to be less quick to solve, rescue and help before we fully hear um, the other side. And again, I'd rather help my clients than worry about someone you know, in their posts on my Facebook page or whatever, but yeah. Yeah. And I guess it's, it's a matter of developing that filter, right. Of knowing, like you said, who you trust, who you really want to listen to and when maybe you do need to hear some feedback or some feedback that you don't like, because certainly that's, that's life as well. Oh, well, I think for me, for example, I am pretty critical of myself and I've always, one of the ways I feel like I have succeeded is by being super critical and like jumping ahead of everybody's like, I already know what my issue, yeah, you know, I'm I already it. know what my issue is. No, are. for sure. <laughs> but that, but I still have blind spots and we still need each other. So this idea of community is that, that but, but, community but exists, yeah. not exists, not only to support and encourage, but it exists to reflect and to hashtag trigger, uh, bring out some of those rougher edges that need smoothing. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of power in that. It's kind of like owning it before it can own you or owning it before someone can call you out on it. <laughs> right. Well, that, so, it's just a protection yeah. and it actually just causes me more stress probably than anything. It's kind of like, um, so when when I was younger, I had a, like kind of a profound fear of haircuts because my mom used to take me to J.C. Penney, and the women would be like talking and eating like a foot long sandwich while they're cutting my hair and like probably smoking a cigarette indoors or something weird. And I would uh-huh. leave with the most horrendous haircuts ever, and it'd be like a bowl cut but like slanted, but not in like mm-hmm. a cool way, not like a purposeful slant. Mm-hmm. And I'd feel so mortified. And like, mm-hmm. if I could just go back, I could just roll up to school and own it. You know, just be like, "What's up, guys? Yeah, I got a slanted haircut. So what?" Before someone could be like, "What happened?" <laughs> just, I know it's a weird example, but <laughs> now I like getting haircuts. I really look forward to it, and I've relinquished my anxiety. I've had some corrective emotional experiences with hairdressers. Thank goodness. And I don't probably because I just stopped going to JC Penny. Let's <laughs> go like a hipster barber shop. It's been like yeah. an insane amount of money on a haircut that looks the same as like sports cuts. Anyway. But it makes you feel better. It makes me yeah, it's about the internal transformation of the hair, <laughs> that the haircut provides. Um we've talked we've covered a lot of ground today and as, <laughs> as we wrap up and move away from haircuts. We talked about haircuts last time you were on the show. What? And how you you just blindly trust your hairdresser. And yeah. I was like, that's incredible. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah, it's their job. It's Hashtag job. outsourcing. Outsource. Trust that's the a delegation. <laughs> yeah, you just As I love caught me. my daughter this morning in the bathroom with scissors. And I said, oh, really? I love you. And you can try that. And I've done it many times, mm-hmm. and it's not worked out for me, but might be something you want to trust to somebody else. <laughs> right before. It's a brave kid. I saw the scissors. Be, yeah. I saw the scissors. Like at a, at the angle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She was probably on her way to looking like me as <laughs> a young child. It's all right. She could rock it. 
That's hilarious. Um, so we've covered a lot of ground and we've talked about, um, we started this, this talk about how you kind of do some of this visioning and asking the hard questions to yourself, which in my opinion is kind of like coaching yourself in a way, right? It's like taking questions that you'd probably ask a coaching client and sitting down with a piece of paper. I also love how it's on a piece of paper. <laughs> I think that's You cool. love that it's on paper? Yeah, I just think... Yeah. I don't know. I think it's good for our brain to get off the computer sometimes, especially when well, you're trying to a do definite, like a connection between handwriting and the brain. Like, yeah. there you go. But so, so we talked a lot about the importance of doing that, right? Kind of like becoming your own coach in a way, becoming your own guide in a way. Um, what, what else is missing from that? Or what else, you know, did you want to say around, around that? Or for people looking for what's, what's one thing I can do as a result of hearing hashtag Kelly Higdon talk on the show today? Where do you think people uh, could start? Cut out the noise. Cut out the noise. Did we talk about this last time? I should have listened to what we talked about last time. Well, people can hear it twice because they're probably still not getting it. I had one of my clients recently turn off all social media, block her news feed. Like, that I sounds, think it, the only terrible. way you're going to hear yourself is if you quiet yeah. all, every, all the inputs. Well, even if it's just temporary, right? It's like you don't have to quit forever, but cut the noise for some time so you can think. Mm-hmm. I think that's how um, you know people end up copying and all these other things. Sometimes is because they're so involved in what other people are doing that they're not tapping into what they need to be doing. So cut it's the just, noise. What do you do yeah. after that? Well, then it's making time. <laughs> For just you to work on your life, to right. work on your business, yeah. not in it. It's hard to do. It's anxiety provoking, right? We don't want it's to, hard to admit. It's hard to admit something's not working. Correct. It's hard to admit, especially when it makes you money. Oh, that's always fun. Like, <laughs> hey, this makes me money and I hate it. <laughs> you know? But um, again, it speaks to your values. Yeah. Another conversation with Claire in the car this morning. She was talking about money. And I was like, I'd rather have my family close to me than all the money in the world. Like, I don't, like, money isn't everything. Um, so, of course, I know I say that as the situation I'm in. It's much easier than someone who's living paycheck to paycheck. Sure. If they even have a paycheck, you know. Sure. So, but. Yeah. But it, part of it is defining your values, or that's a value, right? And going, you know, being your family is more important than money. I'm I'm kind of drawing that line in the sand for myself, and then I'm going to try to operate from that that value. Mm-hmm. And I think too, the other aspect is once you get clear on something, share it with someone that matters. That's huge. I'm going to quote that somewhere. <laughs> Probably in the form of a. I'm sure you said it to me too. Whatever. I, I doubt that. <laughs> Really? I mean, like, <laughs> I don't know. I try it's, to be quite honest with you about like, oh, I'm thinking about doing this, but this is what I think might be the issues or right. um, I can't do that or <laughs> whatever. I think it's important to have people. Well, and that's kind of what you do as a leader is you, you step out and you say, hey, everyone, this is what I've learned. I just yeah. learned it, you know, like I just learned it yesterday in some cases and now I'm sharing it. Right. And if that benefits yeah. you, great. It's kind of like, um, 
when I think about um, like teachers or even like a high school teacher, I talk to my uh, my good friend Ed, and he's usually lesson planning like the night before. <laughs> and I'm always like, man, when I was growing up, I thought teachers just knew everything. Like they knew the dates and this and the algorithms and the formulas mm-hmm. for for whatever yeah. for algebra. And it's like as a teacher, you're he's just staying half a step ahead of his students in a way. But That's it's enough therapy to too. go. Yeah, it's therapy too, right? Mm-hmm. It's powerful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So cut out the noise, turn on your internal wisdom, make yeah. time for yourself to actually think about it, and then have people who you trust to help you through it, yeah. whatever that decision is. That's huge. The infinitely wisdom Kelly Higdon on the show. <laughs> I'm gonna cut you're out so that funny. I'm gonna cut out that laughter in the edits. No, you're not. It's just gonna Do not. it's just gonna mic drop right there. Oh my gosh, please no. <laughs> Everyone will be like, I guess she agreed. I guess I maybe, did maybe, not. maybe she told him to say that. Maybe that's how she wanted to be introduced uh, or I did not agree. <laughs> no, I I but okay, I I will try to receive. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You've Thank sit there you, and receive, but I, I really you. do appreciate you and, and our friendship and, and you coming on the show. What, how can people get in touch with you? What do you have going on right now that you want to tell people about? And we can always include links um, in the show notes because we do have uh, that technology. I'm doing a cool series over in Zinimi on when life happens. It's just a series of interviews with people who've been through life. Cool. Um, might re- connect with some people. And then on my own site, um, I have some worksheets to help people kind of plan some of this stuff. They're free. You can download them if you want to check them out. What's your website? Kellyhigdon.com. That's right. And then there's namey.com. Love it. Pretty easy. John Clark. Love it. Also follow and not to overload you with calls to action because the rule of thumb is to give one call of action in, in the world of marketing, but here's a third, which is follow Kelly on Instagram. Oh. <laughs> I, know you're not, I know you don't make all your money on Instagram, but I love your posts. I've referred clients. I've referred like a therapy client or two to follow you on Instagram because you say some real stuff. Like you really do. You really think about it and it's not just fluff. And I think that's needed, in, especially in social media, especially in an Instagram feed. Like you really sit down and make it count. So follow Kelly Higdon. Kelly Higdon Coaching. Kelly Higdon Coaching, yeah. On Instagram. Get with Thank it. Thank you. Thank you for your love and support. Hope you enjoyed the episode. As always, do me a big favor and rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast wherever you are listening. Also, head on over to privatepracticeworkshop.com forward slash guide to download the free guide on how to write web copy that converts. Again, that's privatepracticeworkshop.com forward slash guide. All right. I hope you have a great week and I'll see you next time. Cheers. Cheers.